0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken uh, from the reading in the Gospel of Luke. You may be seated. We pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you have bid us to be persistent in prayer, and you have given us the prayers to persistently pray. And yet, Lord, we confess to you this morning that at times our prayers have faltered. And so we ask you this day, Lord, that as we hear your word, you would grant us your spirit and drive us to be more faithful in prayer and to cling to you until we receive a blessing. Now grant us your grace for the sake of your Son. And we pray, O Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I think we are sort of too sweet When it comes to how we think about prayer. If I were to ask you what image comes to your mind when you think about uh, saying your nightly prayers, my guess is you're going to think of something like this. Your mind will probably go to something like the old Precious Moments dolls. You remember the old Precious Moments dolls? You have this delightful, cute little child with their knees bent and their hands folded and their sweet little eyes closed as they look up to heaven and whisper sweet nothings into the ears of Jesus as a little ceramic kitten is nestled up against their leg. Oh, it's just the cutest and sweetest thing uh, you've ever thought of in your whole life. That's so often how we think about saying our prayers and, and having our nightly prayers. But I wonder today, if we were to meet Jacob from the Old Testament reading, and we were to ask Jacob, Jacob, what do you think about, what image comes to your mind when we talk about saying our prayers at night? I wonder if Jacob wouldn't say something like this. As he rubbed his hip in a little bit of pain, he would say, you know, a couple thousand years ago, there I was, kind of an anxious night. Uh, I was about to meet my brother the next day, and we had had a bit of a history the last time I had seen him. He was plotting my death. So it was going to be kind of a difficult day tomorrow, or the next day. So what I did is I got my affairs in order and then I went to bed to try and fall asleep. But you know, in the middle of the night, a man showed up and he wanted to throw down. He wanted to pick a fight with me. So I said, let's do this. And we began wrestling all night long. We were going after each other and he was coming for me, but I was persistent and I would not let him win. When he saw how stubborn I was, he touched my hip and he put it out of socket, but I didn't back off. I was not going to let him prevail against me. Well, as the morning sun started to rise, he said to me, Let go of me, for the day is broken. But I knew who this guy was, so I said, I will not let go of you unless you bless me. So he asked me my name and changed it from Jacob to Israel, for he said, You have striven with God and prevailed. And that's what my nightly prayers are like, says Jacob. <laughs> me grabbing God and not letting go until he blesses me, even if it hurts my hips a little bit. See, I think we've got to get rid of this idea, this sort of sweet picture that we have of prayer in our minds. Because prayer is a wrestling with God, not letting go of God until he gives us his blessing. Now, I think that first part, we don't have a problem saying that, Uh, that we um, uh, wrestle with God in prayer. We can kind of identify with that. But once we say something like, uh, we wrestle with God until we get the blessing, then we get a little anxious. Then it sounds a little bit irreverent or presumptuous to speak in such ways. You've heard this said before, and I don't think this next thing I'm about to say to you is entirely wrong, but I think it has some unintended consequences. And then instead of being sort of describing prayers, we hold on to God until he blesses us, we'll say something like this. Well, God has three answers to prayer. He either says yes, he either says no, or he either says not yet. Have you heard that before? I've probably taught that before. I'm sure a lot of uh, Bible teachers have said such things. And, and there's a hint of truth in it. However, I fear that when we talk about prayer like that, the unintended consequence is this. Is that we say such things because we think, well, God's going to get his way anyhow, so what's the point of my prayer at all? If God's in charge and he's going to do what he wants, why do I even need to pray at all? However, Jacob wasn't letting go until he got the blessing. Even if it meant for him some pain and a messed up hip, he was going to get that blessing. If, again, this sounds like we're speaking too aggressively or irreverently this morning, Jesus speaks in the exact same way. In fact, we see Jesus today very concerned about discouragement among his disciples. We see Jesus very concerned about us, that we might become discouraged in our prayers. And so he tells us today a parable to correct that discouragement. He has this parable today because, you see, Jesus wants you to pray. He gives you the gift of prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, he even gives you the words to say. Jesus is the one who teaches us to grab a hold of God until we get his blessing. And so he teaches this very strange but very important parable. He says this. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying give me justice against my adversary for while for a while he refused but afterward he said to himself though i neither fear god nor respect man yet because this widow keeps bothering me i will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming and the lord said hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not god Give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So here you have the parable of the nagging widow and the irritable judge. And Jesus says, now that's the picture I want you to have in your mind when you think about prayer. Strange. The widow who will not back off of the judge. Now it is a strange parable indeed. Usually uh, the main characters in the parable, we get more of a a positive picture. Like the guy, uh, you think of the prodigal son, you have the father there, right? And the father's this wonderful, gracious man who shows nothing but benevolence towards both of his sons and welcomes them home and throws them parties and it's this sort of wonderful thing. But today in the parable, we have this image of a judge, uh, an unrighteous, godless judge. And I think Jesus sets him up as sort of the counterexample of what God is like, Jesus is saying, Listen, if this unrighteous judge can act righteously, how much more your father? Your father, who loves to hear your prayers so that you can approach him as a dear child approaches their dear father. He is not like this judge. He will answer you, his chosen, beloved, baptized, elect children. And he will justify, he will vindicate you quickly. Now, this is getting kind of strange to me. The whole whole parable is bizarre. Harassing until the blessing comes, not letting go of God until he vindicates or justifies me. Again, it still sounds very presumptuous. This sounds like Jesus is saying, don't be satisfied with God until he gives you what you want. But that is not what he's saying. He is saying we hold on to God until we receive God's blessings. See, what Jesus is teaching us today is is to pray in a way that says, I believe that God is who he claims to be. To pray in such a way that says, God has promised me that he will be a gracious and faithful father to me and I'm going to hold him to his promises because I believe in him. Jesus then indicates that a refusal to pray in such a way is evidence that we lack faith. To not be persistent in prayers is to say, I don't trust God to be gracious. I don't trust him to bless me. Think of this in terms of the Lord's prayer. Uh, To say that uh, I'm not going to be persistent in prayer is to say I don't believe that God's will is going to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I don't believe that his name is going to be hallowed in my life and I don't believe uh, that his kingdom is going to come to me or that he will give me daily bread or forgive my trespasses or lead me not into temptation and deliver me from evil. In other words, to not be persistent in such prayers is to lack faith in God. And so Jesus asks the question at the end of the parable, will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? Will he find those who have held God to his promises? until God brought them salvation, who trusted God amidst their circumstances, who wouldn't let go of him until they received a blessing? Or will he just find those who have given up? See, I think we've forgotten, perhaps, Jesus' point in teaching this at all. It's that we would have faith in his name, And God is not slow to vindicate. God is not slow to justify or to declare righteous anyone who has faith in Christ Jesus. And he will not be long in returning to restore all things to the way he's promised them to be. Now I know right now it feels like a long time. I know sometimes our prayers, it feels like God is taking an incredibly long time to answer them, but sometimes we have to think about it from a different perspective. I mean, like when we are two billion years into eternity, you know, we'll look back and say, wow, God worked pretty quickly. Sometimes I think we forget because we're so caught up by the pressure of the immediate. We forget that Jesus is teaching us both from and for eternity. And that's the place from which we learn to pray. Further, we are not wrong to expect God's gracious response to our prayers. Again, because that's what he's promised. And his answers are given graciously. Not because we are persistent or really good on the divine wrestling mat, but because he's promised to be gracious. And it's that promise that he gives us that drives us to cling to him until we receive his grace, that drives us to pray to him until we receive the blessing. You hear this all the time in scriptures. How long, O Lord? That prayer, how long, O Lord, expects a gracious answer. The cry to God, you've promised, is the cry of faith. And of course, nobody knows this better than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, who is the greater Israel, who a few chapters from here in Luke is going to be wrestling with God in the garden and dripping uh, drops of blood as he goes to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And it's from that cross where he will cry out in an agonizing prayer, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then in hope of a quick answer cries out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And Wouldn't you know it, a short three days later, God's chosen one, Jesus Christ, is vindicated by God. As the Father raises his son from the grave and sets him as Lord and King over all of creation for all of eternity. And now it is that sacrifice and those prayers that Jesus faithfully prayed on your behalf that open up the ear of the Father to you. It's the blood that he shed that cleansed you so that now you have an audience with God. It's that death that has actually and finally and ultimately and eternally vindicated you and justified you in the eyes of God. And it's from that Christ that God has forgiven your sins and given you everything you need for life and salvation. It is that justification by God's grace alone that allows you to wrestle, to pray, and to not let go of God until he blesses you. And so today we are encouraged to pray by both Jacob and Jesus, who teach us to say, I will not let go until you bless me. And I believe the Father responds by saying, Okay, then, hold on tight, dear child. I've given you my son. I've forgiven you your sins. I've granted you my spirit. Now you just wait for what I have in store. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for prayer. Lord, our prayers do falter, and it's due to our lack of faith. Forgive us, Lord, and give us the blessing that you have promised to give. Grant us your Son, Jesus Christ, and faith in his name, and teach us to be diligent and persistent in prayer. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Having heard the word of our Lord, I invite you to please rise as we continue by confessing our faith today in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus'